Shalom. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I am Shmuley Yanklowitz, President and Dean of Valley Beit Midrash. Here at VBM, we strive to bring you only the highest quality of Jewish learning. Bringing pluralistic and innovative Jewish programming to the Jewish community that craves substance and insight is our passion. But we cannot do it alone. To support our endeavors, please consider donating a tax-deductible contribution to our organization. By doing so, you will be supporting meaningful Jewish educational content, funding the next generation of leaders, as well as furthering Jewish wisdom to people all over the country and all over the world. Please visit www.valleybatemadrash.org. Thank you so much and enjoy the program. Delight to be here today with Senator Joseph Lieberman, who is an American lawyer and politician who served as the se- as the senator from Connecticut between the years of 1989 and 2013. During his long career, he was the vice presidential nominee for Al Gore in 2000 election and sought the presidential nomination for the Democratic Party in 2004. He's a proud member of the Jewish community. It's an honor and pleasure. Thank you for taking this time, Senator. Thanks, Rabbi. I'm glad to be with you uh, again, and uh, just to thank you for all the work you do, Kira uh, work, really, outreach work for Judaism. Thank you. thank you so much. So to jump right in, your, your Jewish identity, of course, was a significant uh, part of your political persona, and I wonder how Jewish wisdom affected the way you thought about policy decisions. Well, it, uh, it, uh, my, my Jewish, look, let me, in, in a way, uh, to set the scene, but also disclosure, I grew up in Stanford, Connecticut. There was no yeshiva, there was no day school. Uh, I happen to have had a wonderful rabbi, Rabbi Joseph Aaron Krantz, of blessed memory, our congregational rabbi, great teacher. Um, but a lot of my, uh, and a lot of my learning came from him, from my father, my mother, uh, and uh, teachers over the years that I learned from. So I, I, uh, I, I never put myself forward as a, I, I'm a, as a learned uh, Jew. I'm a still learning Jew all the time. So, uh, but it, so you ask a good question. And I thought about it to what extent has the uh, Jewish part of my upbringing affected my public life? I mean, in some ways it motivated me into uh, public service as my own way to, you know, try to do tikkun olam, kiddush Hashem, to try to uh, uh, better the world. Uh, through law, which plays such a, uh, uh, and the making of laws, enforcement of laws, which plays such an important part in uh, in Jewish uh, history and, and culture and religion. Um, so, but, it, and I, you know, when people used to ask me, to what extent does your religion affect how you vote in the U.S. Senate? So I would always say, I suppose by way of disclaimer, well, I don't want you to think that I call my rabbi to ask him how I should vote on something. But it is also true uh, that anybody who's a senator or whatever they do, um, and they have to make a decision it's the result of many factors in their lives. For me, um, my personal experience, my my reading and history and uh, biography, the impact that my parents and my rabbi, my teachers had on me. But part of it also was really my Jewish learning. 
And uh, I would say uh, that it's inside of me and it affects, uh, undoubtedly affected decisions I made throughout my career and probably made those decisions in a way, I, I'm tempted to say easier because I had all this history uh, of, of centuries of uh, rabbinic discussion, learning, opining. So uh, I would say that uh, Jewish uh, values um, really did, in some senses, uh, implicitly or almost subconsciously affect uh, many decisions I made. Very inspiring. Thank you so much. You, you know, one of the things I struggle with with rising uh, rising anti-Semitism and the, the the whole host of needs that other vulnerable populations have is how much to dedicate my time and energy towards the Jewish community and how much towards the welfare of other communities. And I wonder how you currently think or have thought in the past about this balance uh, of of serving the Jew, you know of the welfare of the Jewish community and of helping those from other backgrounds as well. It's a really good question. I think I'm going to begin answering it in an unusual place. It just comes to my mind when I was, uh, oh, probably in eighth grade, maybe ninth, my rabbi came to me and my parents and urged them to send me to a yeshiva in New York, which he hoped would be a preface to me going to Yeshiva University and then becoming a rabbi. Of course, I was very young at the time, but and my parents had no desire to let me leave the house before I had to. So, uh, but really at that time, and increasingly as I finished high school and uh, went to college and law school, I, I of course, I, I wanted to um, live by my Jewish, with the, I had learned of Jewish values, I wanted to serve Jewish causes, but I also felt a calling um, both from within Judaism to reach out and uh, serve the broader world. I mean, the, the, the rabbis are very clear that uh, the, the, the children of Israel, B'nai Yisrael, received the Ten Commandments of the Torah on Mount Sinai, but we'll, really we're receiving them on behalf of all of uh, humanity. And um, our, um, our mission is not a parochial one. I mean, it's really, tikkun olam is to better improve the world. It's not to, it does, it's not to better and improve the Jewish community alone. So um, that, was, that was the choice I made. Now there's room in a busy life and you're a very energetic young man with uh, uh, good, um, the healthiest of ambitions to make a difference. So. We can both find ways to make a difference within the Jewish world and uh, in the broader world as well, which I think is our responsibility as Jews. Beautiful. You know, and I often think it's not a zero-sum game by strengthening the Jewish people. We're strengthening the world. And like you said, actualizing Jewish values to serve other communities also strengthens us in our in our convictions. So in, in terms of... Well, I mean, just forgive me, but, you know, the famous... Uh, Letter from Jeremiah Yirmiyahu, um, and, and Jews in, in the, the diaspora at that point in Babylonia, I guess, which is to, you know, seek the the peace of the community where you live, because in its peace you will find your mm. your own peace, to a certain extent, your own freedom, and that's a very wise uh, 
uh, insight. I will just share a personal uh, moment when I when I first attained what I would call a significant public office. I was I, I was elected majority leader of the uh, state senate in Connecticut, um, and I I had already be, been to uh, New York and and uh, been to uh, hear the the Lubavitcher Rebbe of blessed memory speak. And um, <clears throat> so my Chabad friends and I even said, write to the Rebbe, tell him that you become a majority leader and he'll give you a bracha, he'll give you advice. So I did, and he sent me a letter, which I cherished, in which he quoted that sentence from uh, Jeremiah that I just paraphrased. Seek the peace and essentially the well-being of the broader community, and in that you will find your own peace and well-being. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Um, so, you know, I wonder, thinking about moral priorities today, uh, I mean, there's a whole host of things you can obviously list, but what would you see as a top uh, uh, moral issue facing uh, the, American, the American people today to be prioritized and the American Jewish community? Those might be connected or they might be completely separate. But what do you think we ought to be thinking about priorities now in our moral mission? Okay, that's a hard one to really choose one. I mean, I've been quite focused inside America on the um, decline of our political system and and uh, uh, political dialogue um, and the way in which the process doesn't work anymore. I mean, this is an extraordinary country founded on a premise that's quite uh, Judaic. It's also Christian, but it's the whole idea, what was the Declaration of Independence? They said they were creating a country uh, to secure the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, which were the endowment of our creator to every person. And then they created the government of checks and balances. It clearly required from the beginning uh, um, negotiation, compromise, listen to the other side, uh, and then do something for the good of the country. George Washington, in his famous farewell address after two terms as our first president, cautioned against what he already saw, which was the growing influence of what he called factions. I think today we might call them political parties, we might call them interest groups, we might call them ideological groups, but he thought that uh, the loyalty to those factions could threaten loyalty and service to the country and uh, really bring the country uh, down lower than it should be. And I think, uh, unfortunately, we're living uh, through um, Washington's nightmare at this moment. The other aspect of this, and this really runs through um, uh, the, the narrative of, of Jewish values, Jewish rabbinic thought, uh, is civility. I mean, there's fascinating sections, as you know better than I, Rabbi and Talmud, about the way in which people should greet each other. We're, we're told by the rabbis it's important to have a smile when you say hello to people. Uh, it, we're, we're, we're told that you have to listen to people. Dialogue is important. You love questions and answers. The whole story of the Talmud is a great story of the, the rabbi who's uh, his learning partner dies, and his students see he's in a depression. They bring him, you know the story, somebody else, a great scholar, to study with him, learn with him. And the, the rabbi gets furious because he basically, and the new man just agrees with him about everything. 
And he said, they, the, so we have lost the ability to civilly, respectfully challenge each other, then listen to each other, respect each other, and then negotiate and get something done for the country. So it's interesting what you elicit from me on that question. Of course, there are many moral issues we have to worry about, the, the effect of uh, the entertainment culture on, on our children's values. How do we deal with immigrants? Um, how, do we, how do we continue our pursuit of humanitarian health care for everybody in the country? But if you ask me, really, to me, what do I think is the major challenge now is to restore uh, civility and um, constructive, respectful dialogue and results, solving problems to our, uh, our American political system, which is threatened right now. Yeah, that's a fascinating point. And going back to your point about the welfare of the country and how that affects our own welfare, I think we see that that's incivility uh, 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 occurring within the Jewish community in some ways as well. I myself identify as modern Orthodox, but we lead this pluralistic learning center where we try to get liberal Zionists and conservative Zionists to talk, reform Jews and Orthodox Jews to talk. And that's not always as easy as it may seem. So I, I, uh, I, your, your point resonates for me very much. Um, no, I really, it's very important what you're doing. Um, and uh, I'll just say this, that I heard a rabbi say once that uh, it, it, it's, uh, it's true now that the various denominations of Judaism often feel that they can't pray together, but we can certainly learn together <laughs> and we can talk and, and discuss together. And I appreciate the extent to which you uh, your doors are open and you will facilitate exactly that kind of dialogue. Thank you. So my last question for you, um, you're, you're obviously a, a, a very busy man and I wonder uh, how, I, you know, and the truth is I, I heard, I've, I've gotten snippets of your answer in this in your wonderful book on Shabbat and your wonderful book on counting the Omer, um, but I'd love to expose your answer to the, a broader audience of how you've been able to balance your public service with Jewish ritual observance um, and what advice you have for others who have some trepidation of entering public service because of the inability to, to, to balance those two commitments. Yeah, thank you. So, you know, in the book, I, I, uh, I sort of paraphrase the famous Israeli writer, Achat Ha'am, who said, it's not so much that uh, the Jewish people keep Shabbat as Shabbat keeps the Jewish people. So I always felt that it's not so much the question of how could I be a U.S. senator and observe Shabbat? To me, it's how could I be a U.S. senator and not observe Shabbat? Uh, part of it is just the idea that, I mean, I, you know, as you know, in the, in the commandment to observe Shabbat in the, in the uh, Torah, there's, there's another part of it that people often miss, which is the commandment to work hard the other six days and then rest uh, and then look back on the week, feel refreshed, hopefully learn some things from what you did and then go forward uh, to the uh, next week. So uh, that understanding of Shabbat was always very, um, very important to me. Look, um, in my lifetime and yours, notwithstanding the, the clouds of anti-Semitism that are, are back in parts of the sky, even in America, uh, there is tremendous acceptance of uh, religious diversity, and uh, I mean, I'll put it in a more direct and specific way. I never felt in my years 
40 years in, in public office, elected office. I, I lost count of how many times I ran in an election. I never felt that the fact that I was a religiously observant Jew uh, had a negative effect on my um, on my career. On the most basic part of my career, which is whether people would vote for me. Please understand. I know there were some anti-Semites out there, but they're very much outnumbered right. by the uh, people who are clearly uh, open, accepting, tolerant. And in fact, I found in Connecticut, which certainly is in the early phases of my career was primarily a Roman Catholic state, but there was really quite a lot of respect for the fact that, for instance, the most visible part of my religious observance was uh, Shabbat, that uh, they really respected and it was moving for me that I, um, my faith was, as they would put it, was so important to me that I wouldn't get involved in politics for 25 hours a week. And uh, so I would say, and I hope and pray that it continues to be true, that, uh, that, that your generation and generation behind you rising, and hopefully this will be so forever, will not have to choose between religious observance and success in the secular world, whatever your career is, politics, uh, uh, government service, uh, lawyer, doctor, business person, anything, um, you can make it uh, and still be um, faithful. It's an amazing message. Senator, may you be uh, blessed with uh, good health and long life and continue uh, all your good deeds and inspiring and writing and teaching. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, thank you Rabbi. Same for you. Amen. Amen. Be well. God bless you. Amen.